right, so... It is time! It is, it is time. that time of the month? Oh it my god! It is that time of the month. Hello everyone and welcome back to uh, the second ever episode of I'd Like to Thank My Wife. Uh, I'm Tijo, his co-host. I am E, Tijo's co-host. Yeah, and in this podcast we are going through every single Best Picture nominee ever. Um, starting back at the 1929 First Academy Awards and going all the way up to the present day. Uh, and today we are up to the year 1930. Uh, mm-hmm. Second Academy Awards, shall I take yeah. you there? Yeah, please do. Okay. Well, welcome to the Second Academy Awards. Uh, They were presented by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences on April 3rd, 1930, uh, at a lovely little awards banquet in uh, in the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. And it honoured the best films released between August 1st, 1928 and July 31st, 1929. Again, incredibly specific dates. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. No one knows exactly why. That said, I think most of the movies we looked at this time are 1929 movies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, maybe there was one like 1928. There, there was one 1928 movie, which yeah. I think is the one we couldn't watch, but we'll get to that. Hmm. Um, reason for this is quite obviously that by 1929, talkies were a lot more common. And at that yeah. point, it becomes very difficult for your silent film to keep up the That makes sense. The yeah. fight. Um... This was the first ever Academy Awards that was broadcast on radio. Uh, yeah. Yes, by local station KNX in Los Angeles. Uh, I don't think the broadcast survives, um, but it, it might in the Academy archives somewhere, um, but at least not n- available for public listening. As yeah, far exactly. As I'm aware. Okay, okay. Yeah, but um, at least there it was is, there was record of this happening. Yes, it also yeah. lasted <laughs> it lasted a bit longer than fifteen minutes, so that's also nice. Did they know in advance? Too? They did not for this one. Uh, nice. Yeah, from here on, the winners were not announced in advance. They kind of uh, went a little far in that um, because this time they also didn't announce the nominees. Oh, no. Yeah, they... Um, <laughs> they they, were, they, they were, really went from one end to the other, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, they, they went from 100 to zero in, in very quickly. Um, oh, God. There were no official nominees this year. Uh, the, the list of de facto nominees that we have are based on records of which films were evaluated by the judges found mm. in later years. So these, these are the things that were... Uh, yeah, Nominated th- in a sense. In a but sense, but no, uh, no official record exists, technically. I see. Yeah. Um, we have a very interesting uh, couple of facts here. We're going to start with the uh, Best Actor and Best Actress awards. Uh, the mm-hmm. Best Actor one, fairly uncontroversial, but quite interesting. Um, a lot of people were nominated for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but among them was Chester Morris. And Chester Morris was the first nominee for Best Actor who was born in the 20th century. Oh. Uh-huh. And if that doesn't frame how far back we are i don't know what will uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> uh just for um oh god for okay, yeah. he has also been dead for over 50 years oh my god okay yes yeah um then there's the best actress one and mm-hmm. 
Oh, oh my god. <laughs> so, a lot of Best Actress nominees. Among them, Mary Pickford. Mary Pickford uh, ended up winning this. Okay. Remember this. Because first, okay. I want to quickly mention Jean Eagles. She mm-hmm. became the first and, to date, only actress to be posthumously nominated for Best Actress um, for The Letter. Oh, okay. Yeah, she uh, she passed away before the nominations uh, happened, but she she was nominated. She didn't win, but uh, she was nominated. She was nominated. Yes. Uh, and some believe she might have won if Mary Pickford hadn't been in the running. Because Mary Pickford... You're not going to believe this. Was a founding member of the Academy of Motion Pictures and Sciences and married to its first president. Oh, no. Um, She was the only one out of the, let me quickly count, six women nominated for this award to be made aware of her nominated status, uh, allowing her to invite the judges over for tea at her (gasps) home. No! (laughs) Well, so far for impartiality, Jesus. So far for impartiality, indeed. Um, Yeah, I think, I think, look, obviously allegation, but I do think it's fairly safe to say nepotism. Mm, Yeah. I, you know, Mary Pickford come for me, I would say, except that she also has been dead for over 40 years. Um, <laughs> I maybe don't come for maybe don't maybe do it. maybe don't maybe don't um no I, I to be fair I'm sure she she was a phenomenal actress she uh was a very significant figure in the development of film acting mm. she was one of the earliest stars ever to be billed under her own name um oh. so yeah she she was absolutely phenomenal significant. absolutely significant yeah. but just in this specific scenario you know Mm, yeah mm, you know something (laughs) to be said um so the awards themselves went down from 12 to 7 we yes there were 12 awards originally uh the awards for best engineering effects best unique and artistic production and best writing title writing were just taken out entirely uh engineering effects were apparently not important unique and artistic production just became best picture generally uh, and best writing title writing was no longer necessary because we now have dialogue in movies. So fuck title writers, I guess. Mm, yeah, I guess, yeah. Then the awards for best writing for an adaptation and best writing for an original story were just merged. Uh, it's best writing, generally, now. Okay, okay. Yep. And then the other ones for best director for a comedy picture and best director for a dramatic picture were merged as well into a single award for best director. Hmm. Okay, okay. So, yeah, nine awards. Wait, nine awards? Uh, Wait. Sorry, seven awards. Seven. Seven <laughs> awards. <laughs> seven awards, six. Yes. Uh, best Cinematography, okay. Best Art Direction, Best Writing, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, and Outstanding Picture. Okay. So, two more fun facts. One of them is the fact that this is the only year in which no film won more than one Oscar. Oh, wait, the only year in general? In general. In in like- general. Oh, there is there was shit. seven awards and seven different winners, and that is all there was. There was no no film won more than one, and that oh. has never happened since. 
Never since. That's Never impressive. Since. I kind of like it actually. Just right? Not not that it should should be confined like that. A movie should be confined to one. No, category, but it, it, it feels maybe it does nicely spread several. out. Yeah, it feels nice. <laughs> hmm. Um, this leads us to um to the um the second fun fact, which is our little game for this episode. Usually, what happens is that movies that win best directing will either win or be at least be nominated for best picture right mm-hmm. this is the only movie i think ever as well that won best director without being nominated for best picture oh okay okay so one of the one of the six again is a is a little bit of a fraud um but i found it very significant to include that because normally you know all of the, every single best director winner after this we will be watching because they're, yeah. they're all nominated for best picture so it made sense to me to add this one in as well uh, so at the end I'll, I'll have you guess again oh okay that's interesting because i was already kind of convinced i knew of this year which was the odd one out that you put in and now i'm not sure anymore mm. <laughs> very intrigued um, well, I, I guess we can just move on to to the actual movies that we watched this this month i would absolutely say so Yeah. Do we start with the alibi question? We do indeed start with the alibi. Okay. Also known so I watched as... Them... Oh, yeah, go first. I watched them in order. So this is the first one I watched, which oh, means you did. That, uh, do I Do I remember anything? I'm not sure. Well, we're going to see. You're going to find out. I, I actually made an effort to make notes this time so that I would not, you know, forget nice. that Smart. someone died at the end of the movie. Mm, yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good call. <laughs> yeah, I think this is going to be quite possibly the shortest episode that we're ever going to do for this podcast um, because it has the least amount it has the least amount of movies and i think it also has the most amount of movies where there's just a, not a lot to say about them yeah true true. because true. A, a very common thing that we're going to notice with these i think is that talkies are a thing now and they don't mm-hmm. quite know how to do dialogue efficiently yet yeah yeah that's that's very true yeah um I have one movie specifically where this this really jumps out, but mm. like it it shows the, the it shows these, yeah yeah not um, not even not only efficiently but also this w- the way of talking still feels very unnatural with a lot of them where yeah. it's kind of they're obviously it's almost as if they're trying to write as if it's from a book which doesn't quite come across correctly all the time i don't know you, you can you can feel that you're still trying to figure it out absolutely yeah well another important thing to notice that for most of these movies these are silent movie stars that are now making this transition and yeah. um, we know as well that a lot of silent movie stars did not make that transition successfully and yeah. um yeah it shows but yeah um the alibi let me see it was about Ah, oh, right. There, it's about the woman and a man. I, I know this is crazy. <laughs> what? Um, it's woman, it's a romance. Yeah. It's well. Oh. Not entirely, is oh. it? Um, no, it's not. We have the woman and the man. Basically, this woman is not married yet, I guess, but soon into the movie, she marries this man who yeah. her father, the police chief, uh, suspects to be like a crime lord. I guess. Yeah, like a gangster. Yeah, and she's convinced that he is not, but he is. We, he is. we find that he's, out. Really he's absolutely, quickly. yeah, he's bad. Yeah. Uh, basically, police chief is particularly trying to uh, find proof that he murdered a man, and she is 
kind of trying to convince him that it's not true, but it is yeah, true. Yeah, he, he essentially did, he committed this murder in a way that the police chief's daughter would almost 100% certainly give him yeah. an alibi. Because um, it's called the alibi, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Even even better, <laughs> this, this movie is also known as the perfect alibi. Uh, which it is. Oh, yeah. It, it well, not entirely. Oh, perfect, absolutely they're, not. They're like together. Basically, when this murder happens, they're together at the theater. But he leaves for five minutes, which is when the murder happens. So he doesn't have an alibi for five minutes, I guess. But yeah, obviously that's a quick. That's very short. Yeah. So she quick, is quick convinced little, um, that he did not murder. Little fun fact about that is the fact that the police at some point in the movie, the police decide to check. Hey, would he have the time to do this? So they drive from the cinema to the crime scene and back. In this um, calculation, they just drive there and immediately drive back. They don't actually allocate any time for him to have committed the crime. They just go, oh, could you drive that? And yeah, you could drive that, but... I'm... Okay, yeah, thanks. Thanks, policeman. Um, uh, yeah. What What did you think of the movie overall? Overall, I think I... Hmm, I quite liked it. I... Yeah. So... I'm going to say something that's going to make a lot of sense to us and maybe not to the listeners. It's Merlin season three, right? <laughs> Where mm. we know that something's going on and yeah. one of the main characters knows that something's going on, but the other main characters around are still trying very hard to pretend like nothing's going on. Yeah, and that's, exactly. That exactly. makes for some great tension. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. I did like it. I did like it. I also think... Uh, the people were cast cast quite well. I did. One of my notes is why does the chief kind of look like Tom Hanks? Because he kind of did. He does. Um, he does. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. But yeah, I thought the gangster guy was uh, cast very well. And uh, I agree. Yeah. He was very, I, I kinda very liked creepy. It. Um, I do have to say one of my notes, or a lot of my notes actually, but. The last note that I took on this movie is this movie do kind of be peak comedy. Um, <laughs> I laughed a lot <laughs> watching this movie, especially I... when people fell down because yes, yes. I don't know, but every time they would fall so unfortunately and like in a fast way where it was so funny. At some point, one woman and this is this should not be funny, but a woman gets kind of thrown against a door. But the way she mm. like ends up is like it's so tragic. She just her heads just straight to the door and absolutely it should not be funny but all the, and it happens every time like there are like four incidents where people fall to the floor and the the how quick it goes just makes it mm. Mm. my yeah. my favorite uh example not exactly example of this but my favorite because you said people falling is the scene at the end again i think yes. it's safe to spoil these movies but when he so the gangster escapes by trying to jump to uh, from one rooftop to another but he makes the jump and then loses his balance and falls backwards and you can see the it's... the moment where they cut from the actor to the it's... dummy that they've thrown off a roof and it's oh oh it's, it's so unintended good. comedy at its fucking peak yes Yes, I also have this where I have this thing where my notes are all just normal and then I go in caps lock. Why is every fall funny? Man's mm. just leaned backwards and fell to his death. I had an open mouth. <laughs> I re I replayed that bit, I wanna say, like three times, just me going, Is that that's a fuck that's a dummy. That's a dummy. You just yeah. it's so good. Like I cannot blame them, but it just is so funny. I just <laughs> Oh, it's it's incredible. Um, All right, let me see. Yeah, um, I, yeah. 
let me see what else I have to say about yeah, this. Please I, do. I, well, I noted down there is sound, but it's really oh. awful. Like it's it's way worse than any of the other movies. I don't know what is. I'm. I guess this is one of the early, early ones. I don't know. There's just a lot of noise that makes it hard to hear what yeah. they're saying. An important one here is again that this was a movie that was considered lost for a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, th- we're gonna get this a lot. Um, and so this is a very damaged film print that survived. The picture mm-hmm. of it has been touched up quite significantly. We've been watching a, a fairly solid restoration, but the audio was uh, already not great to begin with, and damage to, to that to made it worse. Yeah. Gotcha. Then, okay, basically there's this character that dies, and it's kind of significant because he is the person they kind of they kind of make him seem like the person that the woman was originally meant to be with. Like, he is... I, at least that's how I read it. Like, he's the, in love with her. The undercover agent guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, he is He is nice, and, uh, you know, that's the person she should maybe be with because he is not a gangster, and he's actually nice. And he goes undercover, and he ends up dying when, yeah. like, the gangster guy, uh, who is called Chick, I think, by the way. Chick, yeah. Chick Williams. Yes. When, <laughs> when Chick finds out that he is undercover, he murders him. Mm. Um, but the death scene Tragic. is so long... It takes. There's also just like for for what felt like a five minute close up of a single tear rolling down the police chief's face, Mm. and I was just like, "Oh, he's so sad." I get it. And then on top of that, the undercover guy's like Danny is his name. Mm -hmm. He says something in his dying words about the Glee Club, and I know, I know that (laughs) that does not like Glee is just a word, but the fact that it also had club after it, it just. You know, in his current day and age, this it was is, kind of This funny. is where E exposes herself as a Glee fan to no, the whole white no, internet. Listen, no, I would never. I, no, I would not call myself a fan. I've, I have watched it, though. E, we have <laughs> a shared, we have a shared playlist where every now and again a song will come up and I'll go, what kind of Glee-ass cover? And it will always be the Glee-ass <laughs> cover. No, I, no. Um, and then... Last time, last time I made screenshots of like funny text. But yeah. Obviously, usually it's dialogue now, so I kind of mm-hmm. tried to do that with dialogue. It doesn't quite have the same ring to it than. No, but I, I do quite text. like. I do quite like it. But Give me some quotes. The one I had for this movie is basically. These are two characters that are not really important in the stream of things. It's basically. One guy that kind of helps out the gangster and his girlfriend, wife, I don't know. Sort of, yeah. Um, yes. And basically, gangster guy, Chick, I should just call them by their name yeah. at this point. Chick goes to this man and says, I ought to break your neck. And I don't know what happened, but this woman goes, oh, please don't talk about it. Do it. <laughs> Jesus she, Christ. Yeah, she was ready to have her boyfriend murdered i guess um haha <laughs> the God. old ball and chain marriage is a prison <laughs> but yeah yeah um okay fuck mm-hmm. i didn't I, I i i do not remember this but i'm very happy you've reminded me <laughs> you're welcome oh um yeah i guess that's all i got on alibi all right. Oh, uh, some fun facts about Alibi then. Yeah. Uh, it was also known as The Perfect Alibi. Uh, it was also known as Nightstick, which is the play that it was based on. Uh, and it was also known, for some ungodly reason, as The Bat Whispers. Uh, 
What? The bat Wait, the whispers. bad whispers? No, the bat. Like... Bat, as in the, the oh. animal. They are not involved, though. No, there's, there's no bats. There's no bats in this movie. Okay. I don't think they're even mentioned. Bats, but the bat Does whispers. That... Maybe it's like an expression. Might be. Might be this like a 20s thing that we don't understand anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the bat whispers. Um, yeah, it was nominated for three Academy Awards. Uh, best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Art Direction. This is uh, the... I think this is the guy... Yes, this is the, the, the youngest ever, first youngest ever boy. For uh, the guy that played Chick or Daddy? The guy that played Chick. Okay, okay. Oh, I, I wouldn't even have said he was that young. I would agree. Uh, and Best Art Direction. Okay. Uh, in its moment, it was praised by Time Magazine as more credible than most crook pictures, and the New York Times said it was by far the best of the gangster films, and the fact that it is equipped with dialogue makes it all the more stirring. Hmm. In a retrospective review published uh, a lot later in 2008, I think, um, someone said that the film was creaky by today's standards, but still fun to watch. And I think I agree with that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one quite a lot, especially like if I, you know, it's kind of hard to compare with last week's because mm-hmm. those were all silent and most of like this uh, this month's movies were not silent and it just really I don't know it really adds to have sound there um, I would I would agree if not for the fact that you know wings, not for wings. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like as, as much as I I just want to say this really quickly blanket statement as much as I enjoy these movies none of them topped wings for me um, no same this was very much I very much sort of understood during this whole thing why a lot of people were like oh sound film is a fad right Mm. it's it's a gimmick yeah i get that yeah i mean yeah that's true but i think wings was the only one that really that i was really enthusiastic about with the silent movies and this one i'm not saying there's any that i'm really hyped about but i just noticed while watching them it's just easier to easier to watch stay on the story without you know if there is anything going like Usually when I'm watching a movie, the TV will also be on. Not for me, but like for people in the yeah, room. That's... And then it's, this is going to be much easier to concentrate on than a silent movie. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Uh, final fact, uh, fun fact about this film is that it was banned in Chicago uh, for oh. immorality, criminality, and depravity. Wow. Yes. But... but... I feel like the movie doesn't necessarily like they make the bad guy seem like the bad guy. They're not pretending like it's Oh yeah, the but there's there's lifestyle. there's like uh you know, we there's criminals and also there's sexual imagery and Oh. Yeah. A, a, an important thing to note is that we are currently in pre-code Hollywood. Um in mm, a couple of years we're going to hit the Hayes code and everything is going to get yeah. very 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 still <laughs> very 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 gentle. We've okay, not hit okay. this place yet, um, okay. so we'll hit. We'll get to the Hayes Coat when we get there. Mm, but this is, yeah. you know, Hollywood at its most depraved. Oh, um, okay. Yes. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Check. Wild things. Oh, uh, sorry. There's uh, one. One more teeny tiny secret. Oh, um, we love a bonus fact. Secret bonus fact, which is a bonus fact for pretty much every movie in this list. Oh. Um, Alternative she- scenes were shot for a silent version of this film, which was released mm. simultaneously. Because a lot of theaters just did not support sound yet. Um, yeah, that makes so sense. So most of these movies were also made as silent films, but the silent versions of these movies are... Well, you know you, you know how difficult it is. Like, uh, th- the, the sound versions already are m- usually lost to time. Yeah. You know, 
imagine the silent versions they are not important in this in this yeah exactly okay so yeah well i guess we'll move on to the next one which is the broadway melody ah i see i see okay okay um so how do we how to summarize the broadway melody i have to see which one okay it's that one i have the most notes on this one actually you do yeah oh shit yeah okay um it's about two sisters yes who go to holly no hollywood question no it's like Uh, they go to the big town to make it new york right they go to new york they go to broadway yes this is why it's called the broadway melody because they (laughs) shit (laughs) there she goes anyway they're uh they're trying to make it big because they have this act with a little dancing and a little and a little singing um you have the older sister who kind of tries to take care of the younger sister and is a bit stricter and a bit hank more. yes exactly hank is her name hank and hank, then yeah her, her name we is have the Harriet, younger sister but... queenie and she is they portray her, in my opinion, as kind of stupid but pretty. Like she, she, yeah, everyone's you, like, "Oh, you're so beautiful." Blah, this blah, is blah. very much the 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 smart, ugly sister and the, yes. the dumb, pretty sister. Yes, and then basically, Hank has this boyfriend in Broadway who is trying to get them in, but they kind of only want Queenie because she's pretty, and yep. they're not. Neither of them are actually very good. Um, no, no, but, but Queenie's pretty, so she gets away with not being very good. Yeah, but yeah. drama, drama and tea. Oh, drama uh, and tea indeed. The boyfriend, what is his name? Eddie. Eddie. Eddie falls in love with Queenie because mm. now she's grown up, and the amount of times you have to hear about Queenie, you've grown up and you are so pretty and beautiful now. Not only from Eddie, but from every from character. Everyone, yeah. And it also always feels kind of gross because they're always like, oh. When you were a kid, no, yeah. but now, whoa, we. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Eddie falls in love with Queenie. And for the longest time, this is this kind of annoying thing. And then Queenie finds like a Broadway guy, mm. which Hank is convinced is a bad guy. At first, it's really unclear why, though. Like only later on, you kind of get to see his true colors. But for the longest time, it just seems like Hank is being annoying about that. Just a jealous nothing. bastard, yeah. Yes, and basically Queenie starts dating this guy, but Hank is against it because she thinks he's a bad guy, and Eddie is against it because he is in love with Queenie, and this is takes really long until eventually um, shit kind of hits the fan, and Queenie walks off, um, and Hank tells... Like, Hank no- has already noticed that Eddie is actually in love with her younger sister yeah and she just is like why are you not fighting for her and she gets really angry at him and then he's like okay bitch i i will go to your younger sister and try to marry her and hank is like being angry about it trying to you know she's sort of rationalizing this right she's because there's this scene of her in in the in the makeup room and she starts crying hysterically and then laughing her ass off sort of like oh man i've just told my boyfriend to go fuck my sister and at first this this how heavy this is hits her and then the fucking hilarity of the situation kicks in yeah i guess no continue sorry (laughs) i guess she's just kind of trying to do the the right thing right like she's trying to she's kind of already lost her sister at this point because queenie is absolutely done with the amount of nagging she gets from 
like both Eddie and Hank about her new boyfriend, who eventually turns out to be a prick because yeah. he is kind of harassing her. He tries to Just, assault her. Yes. And then Eddie comes in and is like, no, don't do that. And then he tries to fight them, but then he gets beaten up. But it's fine because they leave together and yeah. then they get married and they're happy. And it's a little bit weird, but it works, I guess. Yeah. And, and then... also Hank has a girlfriend now. Wait, really? Yeah. Hank. What? Hank comes in at the end. She has. She's got a girlfriend. No, that was not a girlfriend. That was her new partner. Yeah. That was no, 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 no. That was the, her partner for the act. No, that was definitely yes. her girlfriend. No. Yes, one hundred percent her girlfriend. I disagree. No, I'm reading this as girlfriend. If movies in 1929 no. can do this, no, no, it's not because they. It's literally the whole time they go about. They, she needs a partner for her act that used to be Queenie, but Queenie is now off doing other things because she is famous, I guess, and she has a new partner for the acts definitely her girlfriend they literally don't even like each other they Defin keep being definitely her girlfriend. keep being mean to each other what definitely are you talking her. about did you notice that it's the the blonde who sabotaged their uh, performance yes. in the beginning good definitely her that's girlfriend. why they just, there's no okay yeah okay. this is enemies to lovers it's not <laughs> yeah, enemies really to lovers not. i wish it was man but hank is a, a bisexual queen, queen and i will <laughs> Well, leave a, leave in the comments what you think happened. Um. Do you think Hank from 1929 Best Picture nominee, The Broadway Melody, is bisexual? <laughs> or not? We would love to know. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Um... That's the movie. That's, That's the what movie. it's about. Yes. Um, thoughts. Thoughts. I. I didn't like it much. Wow. Okay. Okay. I generally I don't mind musicals, but mm -hmm. the acting in this is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I and I mean, that. I, I think mean that's really again bad. like it. I think it's again like a sound thing mostly. This is true, but, but I, I yeah. also yeah, it's it's the acting for me. It's also the fact that just the the directing wasn't that interesting. Hmm. Not I get a, that. Yeah, I get it was that. very coverage. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. You know, compare this to Mr. Wellman who blew up a couple planes for his movie. This is you know. Kind <laughs> wow, of... the commitment just wasn't there. The commitment wasn't there, there, man. It's Harry a Beaumont stepped the fuck up. It's sisters who want to dance, and I can't believe there were no like bombs involved. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Harry Harry Beaumont would not have told someone that he could take a trip home or a trip to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> no, you're right. Oh, you're right. Um... Yeah, no, I I like this movie quite a bit. It's more it, it I feel like this is one of those movies where I could watch it and just like I had no trouble following any of it, which for the early movies usually I can follow most of it, but there will always be parts that I'm kind of like what just happened and that didn't happen with this one for me. I don't know. I just felt kind of what I wrote down is it feels it feels like this is kind of more like obviously the acting is not that good and it's it might be slightly boring even but i feel like this is the first one for me that felt like it's going towards where we are now like it feels more like a current day movie than any of the others that me. that i can agree with i i put down <laughs> i put down first one to feel more like current day movie somehow 
Insert Harry Styles, it's a go-to-the-movies movie kind of movie <laughs> meme. You know, my favorite thing about the movie is, like, it feels like a like a movie. It feels like a real, like, you know, go-to-the-theater film movie. But, you know, you, you kind of, the reason why you go. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. That's how I felt about it. I, that's, I felt... That's... I, surprisingly fairly accurate um, <laughs> i felt the harry styles in me I I'll, I'll read you some <laughs> reviews really quickly um oh. yeah so it is i think important again to see this movie as what it was for its time period right mm-hmm. because yeah a lot of the reviews current in, in the current day are like you know it's it's an interesting example but it's essentially bereft of appeal for modern audiences it uh, James Berardinelli, Bar- if I'm saying that correctly, wrote mm-hmm. that the Broadway melody has not stood the test of time in ways that many of its more artistic contemporaries have. Uh, some of its deficiencies can be attributed to ways in which the genre has been reshaped and improved over the years, because, you know, uh, currently it's... If you look at this movie through a modern lens, it's full of cliches and incredibly melodramatic. Yeah. Um, but some are the result of the studio's validated belief that viewers would be willing to ignore bad acting and pedestrian directing in order to experience singing, dancing, and talking on the silver screen. Mm. And I do think that's the case. I think a lot of this was, oh, wow, look at all the shit that's happening. Um, Contemporary Mm. reviews reflect this uh, because they were generally positive. Variety wrote that it has everything a silent picture should have outside of its dialogue, a basic story with some sense to it, action, excellent direction, laughs, a tear, a couple of great performances, and plenty of sex. Oh. Yep. Did it? I don't know. Um, (laughs) Film Film Daily agreed. They said it has everything. Surefire moneymaker that'll drag them in everywhere. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It doesn't feel so spectacular now. Especially because even, I would say, the musical songs that get performed, most of, uh, some of them are good, but most of them are nothing special. Um, Yeah, well, again, they're nothing special for us now. For us, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, Um, Not everything at the time was positive. John Mosher of The New Yorker wrote, uh, The stage background allows opportunity for one or two musical interpolations, and no one is more glad than we that the talkies charmingly succeed in a very pleasant pleasant ballet. Uh, because of that, we shall try to forget the movie's dialogue and that screenwriter James Gleason ever wanted to take any credit for it. Ooh. <laughs> oof. Big oof. Big oof. Um, should I go to the, through the rest of my notes? Uh... Yes, please do. I have starts with a banger. I don't remember it, but I apparently it was, it I thought it was a banger. And then I go, why does the song end with hot dog though? <laughs> because it's just a song, and then at, at the end, I think I, he just yells hot dog. I don't know why. Hot, hot dog is like 1920s slang for what we would go like. Oh damn! Oh, oh damn! Ah, yeah. we learn something new every day. Mm, truly, an educational show. This. The solo tap dance takes so long. Holy shit. It does. Oh my god, uh, it does. They're undressing Queenie against her will now. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> what? No, I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. yeah. No. Um, then the audacity of that man for uh, not taking no for an answer when asking Queenie to dinner, which is about like this the guy that she starts dating... Um, that's Hank and Eddie are so against. Basically, he asks her, hey, let's go to dinner. And she's like, no. Then he follows her and goes, let's go to dinner. And she's like, no. And then she goes to her dressing room and he is outside of her dressing room 
because he still wants a yes and then eventually he gets a yes and it's very the audacity was was real but it's um, it's romantic no it wasn't <laughs> no it wasn't i agree it's creepy um, creepy as fuck then we have well i thought it was interesting how they kept the title cards for places and times which is yeah, not I agree. really necessary but i like i guess they were still figuring that shit out they thought probably that it was necessary f- because otherwise people would be confused as to where we were and which time it was etc but yeah. i think as we all know now we can kind of infer that especially with like a hotel it is obvious mm. it's a hotel it's okay it, uh, yeah the one where i thought it was used quite cleverly is because obviously they have limited sets in these old movies um there was one where we go from a set of the girl's apartment to a next set of the girl's apartment um but then there's a mark in between that goes the girl's birthday party or someone's birthday party the girl's apartment and i'm like okay that's good at least we know now that some time has passed true true i mean would have figured it out without that but still yes and they could have even just in some kind of way mentioned that but I, I get it. It I totally get it. And it's not necessarily something that's wrong with the movie, but I just thought it was interesting how they were still kind of hanging on to that. Yeah, it's it's it a very didn't. interesting transitional movie. Yeah. Um wife bat joke at fifty eight forty for anyone that wants to look that up. Hello, editing me here. I quickly went back and found the joke. Uh, what it boils down to is one of the characters does a magic trick where he makes something vanish, uh, and one of the other characters responds. Boy, if you could do that with my wife. Haha. <laughs> wife bad. <laughs> <laughs> then I have Hank is kind of sad though. No looks, no sister, no babe. Uh, towards the end. No, but she got a babe. No, she didn't. I God got a baby. It. She that did. was her musical partnership. <laughs> um, and then lastly, I had no idea siblings and friends were just kissing each other on the mouth all the time in the twenties. It keeps happening. Mm, yeah. I I I know by now because they keep doing it in every movie, but it's it's always these like it just it's always so uncomfortable. Like yeah. they're always a little too long and a little too hmm, no i don't like it i don't know like i get it it's like it's it takes slightly too long it's ever so slightly fucking uncomfortable yeah yeah exactly but yeah there were, those were most of it and then i still have some screenshots with quotes i don't know how good all of these are because i've not like looked at them again after taking them but go for it um First of all, in the beginning, we have Queenie asking, like a queen, calories, what are they? <laughs> Which, you go. <laughs> yeah, we love her. Uh, then we have, okay, basically, there's, at the start, there's this show going on, and there's this kind of, not even B, but like C, D plot, where mm-hmm. there's this annoying guy who is the main lead, and he is being very annoying about wanting a spotlight on him. Um, and he goes, electrician, a little more this way with that spotlight. What are you trying to do? Ruin my profile? And this, this guy that holds the light is savage because he goes, your profile was ruined the day you were born. Holy shit. Holy shit. Men's went for it. That was a burn and a half. (laughs) Yep. Um, and then, then that man later goes, that spotlight goes here. I can't sing without a spotlight. To which the guy responds, Say, you couldn't sing if you had a searchlight. Oh my god. Whoa. Oh my god, they're really... Whoa. They're really going for it. And (laughs) this whole kind of side plot ends with this actor guy going over here, 
pointing to the place where the spotlight should be. In response to which, the man holding the light just... Like, he's standing high on a balcony. He just grabs the light and throws it at this actor. Which could have killed him. And just mm-hmm. goes, that stuff, I missed him. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, this is... This is very much a pre-code movie uh, in its depictions of violence, but also in the fact that th- there is, besides, you know, that I think that there is a there is a there is a homosexual couple at the end. There's some <laughs> very definite gay people there's... in there. There's an overtly gay, like the costume guy. Gay. Yeah, okay, okay. The but... wardrobe mistress, lesbian, <laughs> uh, and a lot of very naked people in the backstage mm. of the of the thing. Yeah. It's very pre-code, which I think is very fun. Um, and then we have one screenshot that's not really funny. I just thought it was good, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. basically Hank has just an, had an argument with Queenie and Queenie has kind of walked out and left. And then Hank is crying, like she's sitting on the floor crying like against her bed and Eddie walks in and she doesn't really want to tell him what happened, I guess. So she just goes, I lost something, which is... She's pretending that she lost a necklace or something, but I thought it was a good metaphor or like it was cool because when she says I lost something, it's also kind of referring to Queenie. And I thought that was a cool double meaning kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I like that. That's clever. I liked it. Like the one good dialogue sentence, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very clever. Um, but yes, that was all. Nice. Okay, so I have a lot of facts on this one. Ooh. First of all, let's start with the fact that uh, the the wedding of a, a painted doll scene, the the dance number somewhere near the end, uh, was filmed in Technicolor. But oh. yeah, uh, but uh, it survives only in black and white. The Technicolor sequence mm. was lost. Um, but this was the first musical, I think, to feature a Technicolor sequence, which sparked a trend of color being used in musicals specifically. Um, so for a lot of musicals during 1929 to 1930, like pre-technicolor a lot of a lot of these musicals had had technicolor sequences because this movie did it first um oh. yeah they uh they had to refilm a lot of that scene um which they then instead of having a live orchestra for the retake of it they just danced along to the previous take so this was also one of the first movies ever to play to a recorded pre-recorded piece of music rather than live mm. music the short scene where Hank plays the ukulele mm-hmm. took over three hours to film. Oh. Because they were like, it was the trial and error thing from Babylon, right? Where it, <laughs> they were just doing over and over and over and over. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, that's, that's for, that, again, for that's why for earlier takes they did a full orchestra. And then when they had to reshoot things, they were just like, oh, we'll just use the recorded music. Hmm. Um, this was also again. This movie had a had a silent version, but why would you why would you want to watch a silent version of the <laughs> a Broadway silent musical? Yeah, I love it. kind of useless. <laughs> Beyond that, it was 1929's top grossing film. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Um, the uh, the 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 evil guy Jock. His name was Jock Warner, um, who was very much meant to sound like Jack Warner, head of Warner Brothers. Oh main rival of MGM at the time. Oh god, okay. Yep. Mm. Uh kind of how uh in <laughs> so this is going to be a really stupid comparison, but how in Shrek Lord Farquaad <laughs> is very clearly based off of uh, the guy who was at that moment I think the head of Disney um and they uh 
<laughs> that's why he's named Lord Farquaad, because oh. that sounds like Lord Fuckwad. <laughs> okay. There's Thanks little... for the Shrek in here. I don't, that was honestly necessary. Fun like... fun little uh, Shrek fact for you. A little Shreked. Um... <laughs> this was the first musical movie ever to spawn sequel. Uh, they got there's three more Broadway melody films uh, oh, between no. 1935 and 1940. Yes, I don't think any of them were nominated though. I think we're fine. Okay, but okay. Uh, I might be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't checked. This is also the first musical movie that actually incorporated musical numbers into the plot. A lot of early musicals tend to just be like filmed vaudeville right. performances. This one actually made it a made it a thing. Not that much still though. Like it, it's more so than with others. Like, it is part of the plot, but it's not like they're. Oh no! Yeah, no, no, definitely. In a way, not like, as in, n- yeah, not the way like, modern musicals would use them. No, it's it's more so that they're using them as in, okay, their performance, their performers. So you will see them yeah. perform the songs, but it's not that they're singing about the current situation. Like the songs are not necessarily about what's going on. Yeah, the songs are not like the songs are in universe songs. Yes, and not exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so. The guy who played, um, uh, I think it's the guy who played Eddie, Charles King. No, yes, Charles King who played Eddie. Uh, mm-hmm. They wanted MGM was banking on movie stardom for him, uh, so they gave him billing. They gave him star billing over both of the girls, even though both oh. of the girls were silent stars, and this was his film debut. Um, oh. This film was pretty successful, so they reteamed uh, Charles King with Bessie Love in a later movie, but that failed to click with audiences. And after that, King was very quickly relegated to just supporting roles uh, before heading Aww. back to the stage and quitting film entirely. Aww. Yeah. I mean, kind of sad, but also kind of upsetting that they would put him on the billing over the girls. <laughs> absolutely. And also, you know, if he'd been good, then maybe that would have been an excuse. But <laughs> I, this man... I'm sorry. No. He tried. Oh, he tried. He, this he is true. Gave it a little try. He definitely tried. This is this is true. So, you know how it opens with a fairly chaotic sampling of sounds? Mhm. This is uh they did this to ready the audience of ear, audience's ears for 2 hours of musical stimulation. Oh. Because they weren't used to that. Sick. Yeah. Ah, so many fun facts here. Uh, <laughs> one of them being that the guy who played Jed, um, you know, that he has a stutter, which works oh, really yeah. well because it's sound. Mm-hmm. That was so well received that most early talkies just had a male character who stutters. Oh, just, okay, people like that, I guess. Yep. Okay, interesting. Um, I feel like these days that would, like... There would will only be someone with a stutter there if it has an actual purpose in yep. the film. But there's there, like with this one, it was very much this character just has a stutter. We're not even gonna talk about it. Yep, and it's it's that 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 very much became the thing for most movies where they were like, oh, this is a very cool thing we can do with sound now. Might as well. Ah, huh. yeah. Um, Bessie Love, who plays Hank, uh, won the role not on the basis of her silent screen appearances, but on the strength of her vaudeville act. The ukulele thing is a thing she actually did as an act. Um, This movie got her a Best Actress nomination and a contract with MGM. But she sadly also drifted into supporting roles quite soon after this. Um, Less of a sleigh. Yeah, less of a sleigh. And then spent the remainder of her long career in bit parts, most of which were uncredited, which is very sad. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I did like her quite a bit. I liked her quite a lot as well. Yeah. 
Uh, and that it wasn't even originally planned to be her movie. There was uh, the Duncan sisters, who were vaudeville stars, uh, were planned to be in this movie, but then they were unavailable, so they got mm. the, the the other two actresses in. And then later they did another movie to showcase the Duncan sisters, but it then turned out that their act was outsized and grotesque on screen, and the film completely flopped. So, Oof. yeah, geluk bij een ongeluk, we would say in Dutch. <laughs> this film has one of the first ever uses of product placement. Oh. Where uh, Hank and Queenie at some point used Lux soap flakes, and that picture was used simultaneously in a magazine advertisement for Lux. Mm, I so. would not have been able to tell you. Nope, me neither. Uh, this movie, again, exists specifically because of the jazz singer, not just in the sense that it's a talkie, but also the first all-talking picture MGM ever did is this movie, um, and the reason they made it the musical is because he was like, well, in the jazz singer and the singing fool, the audience was most excited about the musical numbers, so we're going to put some musical numbers in this. Yeah, makes sense. The film played after its premiere for a record-breaking 26 weeks. Ooh. That's long, even That's for a, now. <laughs> yeah, even for now, especially for now, I would say yeah. this is very impressive. Well, let's move on to the next movie then. Which, well, um, we have we have one oh, one teeny oh. tiny f- uh, last last one, um, uh-huh. which is the fact that this very coincidentally is one of three best picture nominees this year that have place names in the title. We have the Broadway Melody, and oh, then there's Arizona. in old Arizona and the Hollywood, the Review. Hollywood Review. Yeah, that makes sense. Fun, funky little uh, little theme here. <laughs> so yes, I think that's uh, I think that's everything I've got on uh, on the Broadway. Okay, manager. that would move us to the Divine Lady, then. I it think. would indeed, yes. Um, which I watched this one second to last. I watched this one right before uh, we started recording. But do I remember a single thing? No. No. Go go for it. Try. Uh, I'll, I I I do. So I'll I'll uh, jump in when necessary. I have to actually think what the fine lady was about. It it was oh it was about a lady. <laughs> That's oh yeah, and she was, was quite divine. And she was I'll divine. Be, yeah. Um, wait, she was very beautiful. Uh, right, right. This was the one with the ships and the war. Yes, right. the one with the got ships it. and the war. Okay, you got yes, it. yes. She is. She is. Basically, she comes into this rich guy's home and she does not have manners so he's at first he's kind of turned off by her but then you know she begs to uh, she begs him to let her in with her mom because she's she would the mom was going to be his cook basically um and he's like yeah okay but I'll teach you manners and then he teaches her manners and they fall in love but uh oof, you've got to help me a little bit here i think okay. like his uncle his Yes. Um, essentially, he decides to send her to his uncle to protect his own inheritance. Right. Um, that was. I, it was something about the the uh, he had to prevent the uncle from marrying. So yeah. he was sending this girl because he was convinced that she would not. Like... She would scare off any potential suitor. Yes. Yes. Uh, he did not expect though that the uncle would just end up marrying this woman. Yes. Um, very much and out of was, convenience. Yeah, she wasn't. He was in love with her. She wasn't with him, and he. She even told him that, but he was like, "Eh." He's like, do "Yeah, that's care. fine. I don't. I'm not <laughs> expecting love from you. I just, you know, I you yeah." Know. But yeah, basically, war starts. Um, yeah, and she then falls in love with this navy officer who also 
is married and has a wife back in England. Wait, is that not the guy from the start? No, yes, that's not the guy from the start. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No. The guy from the start what? is Greville. He sends her to go live with his uncle. And she, falls, she marries the uncle. My life and is then a she lie. Meets, I she even meets, took notes so that no. I would not make these kind of mistakes. But she I meets really a Navy officer. I thought the Navy officer was the guy from the start. No, what? Horatio Nelson. He's the Navy officer. And that yeah, guy is married already, to a woman in England. I already was so confused about which one was Nelson and which was Greville. Because I, I even when, in, when I was writing my notes, at some point I was like, Greville, no way, this one is Nelson. I was so confused the whole time. But I thought the whole love story was about her meeting, no. get, getting back together no, with the guy that loved her at first. No, no, he just, he's out of Shit, it at some man. point. He doesn't matter anymore. Get oh. out of here. No, oh. she's in love with a navy captain now, and oh. the navy captain has a wife back in England. So they yes. th- that's the that's the big the big trouble. Yeah, but Gre- Greville also wrote her a letter that says I'm gonna get a wife. So that's what confused me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, yeah. she falls in love with this this officer. Yeah. she helps he him falls... win a couple of battles. Yes, like she helps him in some ways yeah. when like the. The ship is in peril and she convinces like the king's wife to convince the king to give them food and all of that shit. Yeah, um, important to state is that I think this is this is revolutionary France. Um yes. there's a lot of lot of lot of battles happening. The death of Marie Antoinette uh mm. is mentioned as well. A lot of I like that. I li- I really like the French Revolution. Um mm. fuck Marie Antoinette. I uh, let them eat cake. Um but yeah, basically the officer falls back in love with her and they kind of have an affair. Um, yeah. But he needs to... Eventually he kind of wins for his country. Yes. For England he is from, I guess. He is for England. Yeah. Um, he wins for England and then needs to go back there. Yes. And obviously it's kind of a problem because he wants to be with uh, the main girlie now. With Emma, yeah. Emma. And so they decide to go back together in the end. Also, Emma brings her husband, the uncle from the start. Yeah. But, yeah, people kind of realize pretty what's quickly... What's going that, on. Yeah, what's going on there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, how does it even end up? I don't know. She... Uh, he ends up having to go back uh, to war because they're like, oh, right. hey, we yes. need we need him to help defeat the French. And she's like, nah, I kind of don't want him to go there and die, though. And then <laughs> the, the officer's like, well, you've sort of brought him back... And you've brought him to massive shame by doing this whole love bullshit. Mm-hmm. You're now going to also bring him to shame if you don't let him fight for his country. Uh, and yeah. the guy is like, oh, yeah, no, I'll fight for my country. That seems like a fun thing to do. And he ends yeah. up dying, gets gets shot, fucking ganked, dead. Oh, right. Another way too long death scene. I remember yeah. now. Yep. Yep. What I did like about this one uh, as a romance is that the, the main characters actually like each other. Whoa, that's crazy. It is kind of <laughs> crazy. They both like each other from the get-go, and they are consistently positive towards each other. Mm. There's no crazy conflict or, this oh, I don't like talk. you. or yeah, Oh, yeah, they're still both <laughs> cheating on their, you know, romantic partners. No, we're so, just in general. Wow, we finally found a movie throughout the, like, ten we've watched where they actually like each other. Yeah, the <laughs> bar is just that low. <laughs> I mean... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um I I don't know. I didn't like this one as much, but I think that's kind of because 
I war movies are just not my genre. It's not my genre. Mm, that's fair. Um, and I, I guess I also just got very confused because I thought two characters were the same. So that also probably didn't help. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. But yeah. In general, I think it kind of dragged for me. I, I I was just I was not invested, but I think it's for me it's mostly a genre thing with this one. Just yeah, that makes thing. sense. Yeah, th- this is why I quite like it. I quite like periodicals, um, mm. which yeah, I also yeah. don't like periodicals. So combine that with war and mm. romance, and it's just kind of mm. yeah, that, that that's fair. That makes sense. <laughs> but I I wouldn't say objectively that it was a bad movie. It was it was good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, I have some notes. You go for it. Go through the notes. Let's see if there is. Let's see if I have anything interesting in there. Um, the first dude, I had dude kind of be looking like the prince from the Little Mermaid musical, which is a very specific one, by the way. It's just a. Dutch oh no! But I know exactly song. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. He do. <laughs> I don't know why he kind of. I don't think he looked similar. Similar. He just gave the same vibe. Same vibe. I, yeah. I guess because they had both had a uniform. I don't know, but no, this makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Um. Then I had why. Dude, how are these actresses able... The thing is, like, okay, basically these actresses get the kind of makeup where there will be, like, kind of stripes over their eyebrows. Like, Mm -hmm. there is very obviously they did stuff to the eyebrows. It's just kind of one stripe now. But they are able to make them so, like, diagonal. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, when they look sad, their eyebrows go up so far. And I just don't understand how they do it. It's very impressive. (laughs) Uh, which apparently is something note. I particularly noticed with this movie. Um, then I have Mans really does have the audacity to change this woman completely to his liking, which is talking about she basically because she has no manners in the beginning, she yeah, gets sent like... to another country to kind of teach her manners, which yep. kind of her whole personality just kind of not her whole personality, but just part of it kind of gets erased. Whoop, yeah, gone. Throw out the window. Then the rest of my notes make no sense because I thought Gravel and Nelson were the same same guy. (laughs) (laughs) Because I went, yes, oh, there he comes, Mr. Nelson, question mark. I even put a question mark because I didn't understand if it was Gravel or Nelson. I was like, wow, Mr. Really comes begging for her. Mr. Really sends her away to another country and then comes back and comes begging for her on his knees, um, which is apparently not the case. So, you know, never mind. Uh, (laughs) Um, oh, everyone hedge your bets what movie next episode E will completely fail to understand a major crucial plot point in and <laughs> um, and then uh, impressive skill obviously not the first like obviously it's not the first movie to do this right but I just for its time I thought it was kind of impressive how they had like these boats because a lot of the war that the parts that we see it's all about boats it's all naval mm-hmm. so very impressively done by the way yeah it was very impressively done um and then i end my notes with boring understandable yeah no Uh. yeah (laughs) i mean to be fair i wasn't expecting you know this movie of all movies to have the dedication to blow shit up but here we are (laughs) finally you got your movie with blowing shit up are you satisfied i am (laughs) um yeah no uh yeah, I I can understand why you thought it was worrying. I didn't think it was worrying, but that's again, I really like periodicals. Yeah. So this was right up my alley. Uh, big enjoy, and also I like the fact that because this was a silent movie, um, mm. 
or well yeah sorry, oh yeah that's say, right that probably yeah it should I, say synchronized musical score sound effects and some synchronized singing but it didn't yes. have any spoken dialogue no dialogue yes yeah. Which was kind of <laughs> because all the first movies that I watched were sound. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's a lot of sound here. And at this point, I was kind of convinced that they were all going to be sound. And I start this movie and I go through it to see if there are subtitles. And I realize there's no subtitles because there's no sound. <laughs> and I go, ooh, no, I thought yep. I was done. <laughs> no, you thought they had, you thought you were out and then they pull you back in. <laughs> um, this is the only one where I actually saved a quote from this one. Because oh. I thought it was a really funny quote, which is um, when the guy goes up to to the uncle and goes, well, you must have heard the rumors about your wife, you know, sleeping with this naval officer. And he goes, oh, I never pay attention to rumors. They might be true. I remember that when I liked it. I liked so it a lot. Good. I really like that. Don't um, pay attention to rumors, guys. Yeah. They could be true. They might be true. And the only other note I have is when she's on the ship and they're trying to, like, show that scurvy is happening. And this one guy just, right, like, in the moment, just fucking dies of scurvy right there. <laughs> he's just standing up and then just dies on the spot. True. Like, he's he's not even, like, he doesn't look sickly or anything. He's just standing up, standing to attention, dies. and then just dies. And they go, oh, yes, scurvy's been a real bitch. <laughs> and they cart him off and then never mention scurvy again. <laughs> it's, True. Yeah, so those are those were my notes. Yeah, um, I like. Fun facts about this movie. Yeah. Okay, so um, there's not that many fun facts about this. There's a couple. It's because it was boring. No. No. Um, there's okay. There's there's actually there is there is one very fun fact about this movie. Oh. It's a true story. Oh. This is a true story. The only thing that seemed to not be accurate is the fact that the couple before Nelson's death already had a daughter named Horatia after her father Horatio. Oh. Yeah. Besides that, after Nelson's death, Lady Hamilton faded into obscurity and died in poverty, which is uh, sad. But you know, oh, it that also is sad because she did kind of do it important is, shits. It is sad, but it did happen in you know eighteen hundred oh five and eighteen fifteen. So it's it's. I think Long. we as a society have, have slightly passed this. We have moved on. Okay, a little yeah, bit. No, but uh, yeah. but that at the time in English society, poor, that was oh, both married to others and then having a daughter together. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wild. So, yeah. Um, that's pretty Crazy much the only shit. fun fact I have on this movie. But, yeah, okay. it's it, based off a book. But hmm. okay, okay. I do kind of want to read the book. I'll, I'm, I'll be honest. <laughs> kind of intrigued now. So. Nah, only science fiction for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is fair. Then the next up would be the uh, Hollywood Review. <laughs> Not much to say about this movie, really. No, I think we're basically gonna skip through it. I would like just to say it. It's it's the Hollywood Review, so yeah. basically, it feels very much like a television episode, but obviously no television. So I guess it counts as a movie, but it feels a lot like a television special where just famous people come in and sing a song or do a comedy skit it's a review yeah it's it's uh, two hours of all of nearly all of mgm stars uh doing the funny thing that they're known for which you know some of them are singing some of them are doing a little uh little 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 dance number some of them are doing a little uh Joke. Yeah, we oh, it, and it was two hours. It's really long. Uh, I I kind of put it on in the background at some point. I watched yeah, like half same. an hour and then I gave up giving it my full attention because yeah. it's just I, not I, that interesting. 
I had this um, on while doing like a meaningless task in the background where I could just yeah. like give this most of my focus but still be productive in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it is kind of funny to me though how sometimes they'll go oh and they're gonna do a comedy skit now and then they're gonna like they start singing and I guess they're singing about funny things. To me, it's just a song. Mm. The, the definition of comedy really was something else um, back then. Um, and the yeah. only other thing that I really thought was worth mentioning is... I don't know... I'm not sure if it was Babylon. I think it was Babylon because they singing have in the this... Singing in the Rain. Yeah, they have yeah. Singing in the Rain with yeah. like the exact same sets as they do in the Babylon bit. Yeah, uh, that 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 scene from Babylon was meant to be like, oh, they're all filming this this movie, and that's what yeah, this like was. it's yeah. an exact reference to yeah. that. Super interesting. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really. I cool felt I that. felt knowledgeable yeah. watching that. And <laughs> You're like, oh my god, this was in Babylon. <laughs> yes, exactly. Amazing, but maybe I don't know if it wasn't clear enough. But there is this scene where they're doing singing in the rain, and it it is just. Uh, yeah. Babylon makes an exact reference to that, where it's like completely you, like as in you can tell if you've seen both, then you will be able to tell that it's just the same scene. Yeah, it, really cool. It, it's it's funny that you mentioned this scene because it's the debut of Singing in the Rain. This song has yeah. never been performed before. Uh, earlier in the movie, it's performed by Cliff Edwards as Ukulele Ike, uh, and yeah. later at the end of the film, the entire cast performs it. Uh, and I actually, liked it. that sequence was a last-minute addition to the film. Oh. It was shot late at night, uh, just ten days before the premiere. Oh damn! Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I liked it because <laughs> you know, through For all Babylon, the yeah. kind of boring songs, you get something that you recognize, and yeah. it's kind of it was it good. I, I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this movie is described as, um, the Wikipedia page describes it best. Honestly, I I don't have a better, better way Mm -hmm. of saying this. It is a plotless parade of variety acts and that's, that's what it is. It was billed as an all-star musical extravaganza and it has performances by pretty much every MGM star once and future, uh, including Joan Crawford, who, yes, yes, she later remarked, uh, it was one of those let's throw everyone on the lot into a musical things but I did a good song and dance number which yeah she did it's pretty good pretty solid yeah it was really interesting though because it's the first like I've heard a lot of Joan Crawford just through you know looking up movies and looking up movie history film history whatever yeah but this is the first time I actually saw her in something so it, I was like oh that's her interesting mm. you know? yeah it is very fascinating uh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of very important people in here. Um, just gonna. I go. recognize Bessie. I think Bessie was in it. Yeah, Bessie and Anita, both of them from mm-hmm. uh, from from yeah from the Hollywood uh, or the Broadway melody. Um, Gus Edwards was in there. Norma Shearer, Lionel Barrymore was in it. Buster Keaton, Marie Dressler, Marion Davies, um, Laurel and Hardy were in it as uh, they had a oh. comedy routine as Annette Magicians. It's so interesting, by the way, because I was just talking about my family the other day about like this project and watching old movies, and they they were like, "Oh, but are you gonna see like the Dicke and the Dunne?" And I was like, "I don't think so. That's a Dutch thing, right?" And then no. they were like, "No, it's not. It's Laurel and Hardy in English." And I'm like, "Why did they translate that?" Yeah, this is a this is a thing that they used to do back in the day because I... people did not speak English in our country, so they were just oh like, God. "Oh, fuck it, we'll," because it was silent, right? doesn't matter. The dialogue yeah. isn't there. You can just yeah, translate that. Yeah, I guess. That. I just... I was confused, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's it pretty cool. I really liked see I wasn't expecting them, so it was nice nice seeing those in there. One, one sad thing is 
This film is sometimes cited as the film that led to the downfall of uh, John Gilbert's career because Gilbert was a very popular silent film actor um, mm-hmm. and he had this very pleasant tenor speaking voice, but that didn't really match his heroic dashing screen image. So this movie is kind of where it started because he plays the balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet uh, for mm-hmm. straight and then for laughs. And this was that was all right. And then from there on, it sort of snowballed into the next films he made being, you know, just not working with like his voice just not working with what he looked like interesting i didn't notice i like i thought he was quite good actually even in uh, i also thought he was quite good but i think for us that's because we haven't seen him in other things yeah that's true that's true it's really interesting just you know hearing from that era obviously i already knew that some actors weren't able to make the transition but just hearing what exactly was the problem is interesting because i feel like these days we would not even like, it, it, your voice is just part of the package, right? So there Yeah, is, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And back in that those days, that was just starting to be part of the package, which is, yeah. Yeah. The producer tried to follow it up with a sequel, The Hollywood Review of 1930, uh, but during production, they changed it to The March of Time, and finally, they abandoned the whole thing. Um, and any musical numbers that were already shot for it were edited into short subjects, which okay. is kind of crazy to me. Because this was such a wildly successful thing, you'd, yeah. you'd think it wouldn't be that difficult to get them all together and, and do a sequel, but... Uh, apparently it was. Apparently it was, yeah. This is one of the movies that survives intact with all of its Technicolor sequences, which is kind of yep. crazy. Um, but there are apparently Baby, two sequences missing. It's kind of crazy. Oh my sorry, God. sorry, sorry, sorry. Ah! <laughs> uh, no, there are apparently two sequences missing. Um, because they oh, had okay. they had a roadshow version originally that was 130 minutes long. Uh, there was an opening <laughs> recitation by the showgirls posing in the in the Hollywood Review sign in the opening credits, and um, Nils Astor made an appearance uh, in the final Orange Blossom number, but he he was cut. Uh, you know what? As well. I don't mind. I thought it was already too. It's long, long enough, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, there was another scene that was cut but restored for us, um, like it was cut for a bit. Because Lon Chaney had just signed a new three-picture-a-year deal with MGM, and then they asked him to do a cameo in this film because it was all the MGM stars. And then he was like, well, yeah, sure, if that counts as one of my three contracted movies and I get paid my regular amount of money. Mm. Um, And they were like, well, that's going to eat most of our budget. So instead, they put Gus Edwards in a mask and a costume, um, (laughs) and they, they did the song called Lon Chaney Will Get You If You Don't Watch Out. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Um but then he died in 1930, so oh. they very quickly deleted that sequence out of respect, but then it was later restored. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. One of them <laughs> Buster Keaton in the Singing in the Rain number is carrying a small package in his left hand. That's also a pop culture reference that we don't get. Um there was a brand of biscuits called and this is such a good brand name, You Need a Biscuits. Um and fucking You Need a Biscuit had a small boy wearing a yellow uh, raincoat and hat and walking home in the rain with a package of biscuits under his arm. And that's what that uh, was a reference to. Uh, fucking, I like that. I fucking love calling your company You Need a... And you, it's need, like, you, need, you need this. You Need a Biscuit. Take it. So good. 
Um, Norma Shearer and John Gilbert doing the Romeo and Juliet scene. That's the only Technicolor footage we have of either of them because all of their other movies uh, were filmed in black and white. Hmm. Yep. Uh, That scene where Jack Benny takes Bessie Love out of his pocket and has her grow larger. That was good. Yeah, they filmed that uh, by having Love on a black velvet stage and then tracking in to make her appear to grow larger, which Mm. I think was fairly impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the f- the final fun fact I have of this is that it's the only Best Picture nominee that we're talking about today that uh, doesn't have any acting nominations. No, that would be kind of... <laughs> no, it makes sense, absolutely. But also, you know... Yeah, interesting. Interesting to note. So, yeah. All right, well, let's let's move on. Because this, yes. this movie is a bit of a bore. I would still... I would not... Like, I know it qualifies as a movie, but... Yeah, it's, it's not really not a movie. It's not really a movie. <laughs> it's a variety show. It's a variety yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. Then we move on to um, In Old Arizona. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we liked Old Arizona. I really liked In Old Arizona. I also liked it. I also liked it. I do think it this was... This one got me invested. This one yeah. had me like, oh. Same. Oh, I do think it was overly gee. long, but that's not not so much that mm. there was too much plot, more so that the scenes that were happening were slightly dragging. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, but... it could have been... Yep. But it was really good. Yeah, so in old Arizona is basically about I'm I should really kind of put the names like I shouldn't put the names next time because every time I'm like what what are they called? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah. It's about a guy <laughs> uh who is like a bandit and he's the Cisco kind of, kid. The Cisco kid and he steals from people on the way, not necessarily from people, but from the things they're carrying for. Yeah, he's, he robs the robs the coaches, but not the people on exactly. the coaches. Yeah. Um, and this sheriff, I don't know if he's a sheriff actually. This police a guy, sergeant. It's, it's yeah, sergeant. It's not. I would not call it a police guy. Like it takes place in. It's mm-hmm. kind of a western kind it's of. It's western. Guy. Yeah, it's a western. Yes, and then uh, the wait. What do we just call him? The the sergeant. The sergeant, yes. He comes into town to find the Cisco kid because obviously it's a problem. We have a bandit stealing things. Um, and But he does not know what the Cisco kid looks like. So they even end up in the same hair saloon. And the Cisco kid just kind of yeah, plays, he plays along. That off, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, that hey, Cisco sergeant. kid. Man, if I oh, get my hands sucks. on that guy. <laughs> yeah, what a exactly. Prick. Only for the sergeant to leave and find out he just was in the saloon with the Cisco kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Cisco kid goes back to the place where his girlfriend lives. We like He is very happy with his girlfriend, but we immediately see her with another guy just before he arrives. So she's a yeah. cheater. She really and... does not care about the Cisco kid. She's oh, just no. in it for because he robs people so he's rich. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's and he brings, always brings something back. Um, but he has he Cisco Kid has said that he will meet up with the sergeant later, but obviously not a good idea because you know sergeant is looking for him. Yeah. So he tells the woman who is called Tony 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 Maria. Tony Maria. He tells Tony Maria to go to the city and tell the sergeant that he has left and will will not be coming to the meetup. Yeah. Which she goes to the city and tries to flirt with the sergeant because this is a woman that flirts with anyone and yes. anything. She and just liked that. Yes, she just liked that. And sergeant is not really into her. Uh, so she is very offended by that because who would not like her? Mm-hmm. And she goes back to the house. Um, but 
you know, the Cisco kid eventually leaves to do more bandit things, I guess. Yes. And the sergeant returns and they... Uh, he does fall in love with her. No, he does I don't not. Know. Well, not no. at first. No, no, no. Not at all. Eventually he does. No, no. not at all. No, he realizes, I... he learns very quickly that this woman is the Cisco kid's girlfriend. And he's like, yes. oh, fuck. I'm going to get in on this and make, like, have her... True. Have True. her be my way of getting to him. He True, very he clearly does... does not. No, no, he's no, no, just okay, really no, good at pretending. It starts like that. It starts like that. But eventually, he even tells his friends, "Well, she is not around." That okay? No, I get both the girl and the job. I uh, so like he does yeah, like her. Okay, yes. It's not so much that he likes her though. It's that, and this is a really, really, really. I'm very upset that I'm saying this in defense of this because it is. It's bad. His girlfriend is fat, and he doesn't like her. And this girl isn't fat, so he. This is an upgrade. Uh, That's what this is. You know, consistently, I'm gonna live in my fant- I'm gonna live in my fantasy world. Please and do. It's that a he better. Her. I, I like it more if he likes her. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, basically, for for the summary, the sergeant um, kind of uses this Tonya Maria to get to the Cisco kid. There, there's some stuff where they go on a trip. It all doesn't really matter. It ends up with him being at the camp while the Cisco kid is at her home, and she is now on the sergeant's side because he has promised her, promised her all kinds of things like a trip to this, uh, to New York and whatever. Yeah, and a bunch of money. And exactly. So she tells her, I, I think it's her servant who also lives there. Yeah. To, uh, give the sergeant a note on which she has put like. Uh, the Cisco kid is here right now. You gotta come. Uh, he wants to leave tomorrow, so you need to kill him now. And but the Cisco kid intercepts this and puts on the note instead that the that what will be happening is that the Cisco kid will leave in the clothes that Tonya Maria usually wears. Yeah, he, and he'll he'll like... be he'll be wearing her clothes and staying, and she'll be wearing his clothes and riding away to make it look like. He's gone. Yes, exactly. Uh, so he writes that down, pretends it's from Tony and Maria, and sends it to the sergeant. Sergeant comes, and basically Cisco Kid sends Tony and Maria out in her clothes, and the sergeant thinks it's him, so he shoots her. Yeah. And that's kind of how it ends. Cisco Kid escapes, and yeah. Yeah, it was really good. I really liked this. I liked this as well. Though there were some, I would say, not all of it holds up when it comes to, you Oh, know... no, there's some questionable stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good movie. It is. It, it, it got me, it got me, you know, just the whole thing with, with Tony and Maria got me involved, interested, where I was like, bitch. Yeah. I was, really I was fairly invested. Them? I am she was She was all over, man. Yeah, she was all over. Uh, it was not. It was not a good look on a woman, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I have some notes. Not that much on this one. Wait, uh, on this one though. Go through um, your notes. I have holy shit. Who is the stereotype Italian? Because the the guy at the saloon, <laughs> yeah. the hairdresser. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that was an experience. The most Italian guy. Like, yeah. he was this close to going, Mamma mia. Like, oh my god. <laughs> he he just, like, like on the verge of ending every sentence in bapati boopati. Like, <laughs> exactly. He was very stereotypical. Stereotypical, um, yeah. And then there's this song, apparently at 22 minutes, I don't know, I put the timestamp, that mm-hmm. starts with Ra. Ra. Uh, 
ah, rah, 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 I don't <laughs> oh, know. No. But I just yeah. immediately went, whoa, rah, 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 I was, for a second there, I was convinced they were going to sing it, but I guess, I guess not. Uh, the song sad, did not exist upsetting, in 1929, apparently. Upsetting. Yeah. Really uh, upsetting. <laughs> but, you know. Um, then I have, oh, God, the way they talk about women. Oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> no. Eh. No, eh. yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And then I have you can tell you can tell they were getting used to sound because there's a lot of loud and obvious talking. Like yep. you can kind of feel that they're try they're trying to make the mic catch them, to catch their voice. Like yep. it's they're they're really like almost they're this close also to looking up and just screaming into the mic. Into the microphone, um, yeah. Yeah. Um and finally I have Tonya is a bitch. Yeah, yeah, she is. There's no way around that. She is. She sucks. Oh, I also had screenshots, by the way. But Ooh. I don't know if you have any other thoughts you want to... Um, not necessarily any other thoughts. I quite like Westerns, and I quite liked this. I... I, Yeah, it's good stuff. I I, I really... I, yeah, this might be my favorite from this year, I think. Mm, I get that. I get that. You know what? I'm just... There's a... I have screenshotted a bunch of the things they say about women that's just awful, just because I... Uh, I did not like it but i don't know if i necessarily need to mention them here i don't think it's really gonna it's it's a lot of talking about them being thin or fat um yeah like i said the 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 main like sh- the sergeant guy's girlfriend is fat and he has a picture of her and they very consistently go ah your girlfriend ugly because she fat yeah and it's mm. and also when they go into the town they're like oh you're not gonna be happy here because they're all fat so there's no one to like like yep. uh, very much um Oh yeah, then we have basically in a scene where Tony and Maria goes to flirt with the sergeant for the first time. She goes, I am the prettiest girl in town. Where she is, I think, the most obvious one with talking. Like she is mm-hmm. saying things so loudly yeah. and like making all everything she says kind of last long or something. I'm not sure, but you can you can just tell. Uh, but yeah, she goes, I'm the prettiest girl in town. And his reaction is, well, what am I supposed to do now? Drop dad? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Which I liked. Yeah, um, it was good. He was very much not taking her shit. Mm. But yeah, that w- that was it. Nice. Uh, I have some fun facts about this one. Let's go. Um, so first of all, this was there's a lot of firsts for this one. It's the first uh, all talking sound on film feature. There were no uh, no titles in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also the first talky western, and also the first talky shot outdoors. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That that must have been quite complicated. That must have actually. been very complicated. So that's so really early interesting. on, even. Yeah. yeah. Um, then there's the fact that this movie was cursed. Oh. Yes. Uh, the director Raoul Walsh was originally cast as the Cisco Kid, uh, as well as being the director. But while he was driving from Los Angeles uh, or to Los Angeles from Utah, a jackrabbit jumped through his windshield. Uh, with both the rabbit and the broken glass hitting him in the face. This was before safety glass was a thing. Uh, His right eye was so damaged that he needed to be replaced, the script needed to be rewritten, and some scenes had to be reshot while he recuperated. And afterwards, he started wearing an eye patch, which became sort of his signature thing. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Afterwards, Buddy Roosevelt was cast in the role, and then just before filming was to start again, he broke his leg. Yeah. Um... And then he was replaced by Warner Baxter, who managed to stay in one piece and also uh, get nominated for an Academy Award. Huh. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Kind of crazy. 
Kind of um, crazy. I thought the actors were, besides the fact they were talking so loud, I thought they were good, though. I Especially really the good. Cisco kid. I oh, was he was really good. good. Warner Baxter was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, one final fun fact about this movie before we move on to our final final movie of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a movie called In Old Arizona, ironically, nothing was actually shot in Arizona. Arizona, uh, of course. <laughs> everything was filmed in Utah and California instead. Mm. So, there you go. I guess we'll move on to the last movie, which we did not watch. Yeah, shocker, it doesn't exist. Uh, it, it's not here. It, it we can't. We, we can't watch it. Physically cannot. Um, no, uh, we're talking about the Patriot from 1928. Yes. It is a semi-biographical film about uh, Emperor Paul I of Russia, and it is lost to time. The only thing that uh, remains is a trailer, um, mm. and also the 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 uh, UCLA Film and Television Archive is in possession of about. 2,500 feet of footage uh, out mm-hmm. of a total of 10,000. So okay. uh, about a Not quarter of the film apparently exists, but no complete copy has been located, which makes it the only Best Picture Academy Award nominee for which no complete or near-complete copy has been found. Oh, that's that's good for us. That's good for us. This will be the only time we cannot make a proper judgment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, ma- uh, matter of fact, uh, this movie was remade later in 1938, uh, that movie is also lost, so we could we couldn't oh. we couldn't make the watch the remake either. God damn it! Yeah, <laughs> um, I yeah we did watch the trailer, which is only three minutes, so there's not really much to say based on it, other than that it's sad that it's not there because it looked good. It looked really good. This it I feel like this might have been my favorite if we'd yeah, been able same. to watch it. Um, I think that the uh, Emil Jannings who played the the um, the Tsar, the main character, I, from the trailer, his performance looks incredible. Mm-hmm. So this is just one of those movies that I hope at some point turns up in an archive somewhere. But I'm, yeah. you know, as the years go by, I start doubting it more and more. Yeah, yeah. But you never know. You never know. Yeah, especially because I've read the plot summary for it, mm-hmm. um, and apparently the the guy dies at the end. Uh, not that guy. Uh, one of the guys dies at the end, um, and the final words in the film apparently are this: "This dead guy going, I have been a bad friend and lover." But I have been a patriot, which is fucking metal. I'm not yeah. that into patriotism, but that's metal last words. Them. <laughs> so when I first heard the patriot, I was like, oh, so is the current like the last patriot that is kind of you know well known now? Is that based off that? But no, 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 it's no, not no, close no. at all. Not even close. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So yeah, um, rip, rip the patriot. I don't really have um, much else. No, we can't really say, say much based on a three-minute trailer. But yeah. You know, yeah. maybe oh, someday. Uh, well, it... one, 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 one thing. I have one fun fact about this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, or two fun facts, actually. Oh, two. Yes. Crazy. One of them being that Emil Jannings, the guy, the main character, mm-hmm. uh, his voice was replaced by that of another actor. Oh. Uh, and then he threatened legal action over it, and the dubbed voice ah. was removed again to his original voice. <laughs> yes. Was it like just, it was bad? It was one of those things where it didn't... I think so. I think it might uh, have been, but uh, yeah. there's no... There's um, no proof. No proof of that. Uh, and final fun fact. There is some of the surviving footage from this film um, was incorporated in a 1934 film called The Scarlet Empress. Um, oh. Yeah, there was a lot of impressive external crowd scenes. And they incorporated that footage from this film in that film. Um, and it's very easy to spot because they're very clearly speeded up because this was <laughs> this was shot on, you know, at silent speed. And that right. next movie was shot at sound speed. Um, so that was 
th- that was very noticeable. But yeah, so some some pieces of this movie survive in another movie. Okay, that's so nice. I thought that's that was nice. a that was an interesting thing. It's good. You know, if it ever does resurface, we'll go back and watch it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll make, we'll make an entire podcast episode just for this movie. Good. Yes, we will. <laughs> we'll make a special. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, um, but yeah, that was our movies. That's our. Uh, that's that's all our movies. six movies. Yeah. So. So. We have no honorary awards this year. Oh, crazy! Yeah. Um. Before we announce, well, do you first want to announce the winner or first want to make me do the guessing game? I'm going to make you do the guessing game first. What was, um, what, can you tell me the story again? Yes, because so I... essentially this is, the, the movie that you're looking for is the only movie ever to win Best Director without ever getting a Best right. Picture nomination. This is really interesting because the, when, I, I knew there was an odd one out because I was aware that there were five nominations for Best Picture this year, but there were six we were on the list, including The Patriot. So I kind of assumed that the review was the odd one out, but no, I don't believe that got Best Director, so now I'm just confused. Um, Best Director, but not nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Whew. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's not the Broadway melody. Mm-hmm. Because the directing didn't necessarily, like Jump you said out. it yourself, which makes me think you said yourself the directing was quite boring, which makes me think it's not that one. Mm. Oh, it's really hard, especially because I feel like Best Picture is so closely related to Best Director, it is. which is why yeah, it makes sense much. that they're usually you know that they're usually linked. Yeah. Um, let me see if I have any logic I can base this on. I don't think it's Alibi either. I don't think that was necessarily crazy direction. I'm kind of leaning towards the Divine Lady. I don't know. Kind of just a feeling. But then at the same time, that one was so bombastic that I feel like it should be a best picture as well. Because I I don't know. I just feel like the Oscars do like to reward bombastic stuff. This is entirely up to you. Mm, I don't know. The, the the feeling I get is still the divine lady, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give that as a final answer. Man, your intuition, you got it. Yeah, it's the divine oh lady. Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy. yes, nominated for best director, but not in fact, uh, or winner of best director, but not in fact nominated for best picture. Oh, wow! Gotta gotta follow your gut feeling, guys. Always mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> yeah, just stick with your gut. Um, do you already know the winner for this one? I actually don't. Okay, do you want to hazard a guess? Yeah, sure. Oh um, God! I mean, Broadway Melody was the highest-grossing one, which is, of course, not necessarily saying anything. But I think it says something more for the early years than compared to now. Mm-hmm. But because the reviews were kind of not that amazing, I don't think that's the winner. Mm, I really liked Arizona, but I feel, I feel like. In 1930, that wasn't the favorite. Uh, alibi. We still have alibi. It's not the review either. I'll go for alibi. You go for alibi. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll quickly go through the nominations that did not win best picture, mm-hmm. um, but did win something else because, as we know, yeah, everything only won got one Oscar. Um, the Patriot won a best writing award. Okay. In Old Arizona got the Best Actor Award for Warner Baxter. Oh, nice. Yes, very deserved. Um, And Outstanding Picture was won by the Broadway Melody. 
Oh, it was after all. It okay, was okay. after all, yes. So people would not agree with that now. <laughs> no, no, they would not. Um, in fact, here's a little fun fact for you. This is the lowest rated Best Picture winner on Rotten Tomatoes Ever. and IMDb. How, what is what is the score on Rotten Tomatoes? You want to have a guess? Oh, no. Is it below 50%? It's below 50%, isn't it? You want to have a guess? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, 30%. 42 Oh, God. Okay. Mm. Uh, weighted average Tragic. of 5.3 out of 10. So. <laughs> Best picture. <laughs> Best picture, everyone. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that was our Academy Awards. But that's Awards. what I mean. It's it's a go to the movies kind of movie. It is you know? a go to the movies. <laughs> Maybe we should have seen this on the big screen. Maybe we'd have loved it. Exactly. <laughs> but if it's ever in cinemas, we'll go see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt it will, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now that we have um, now that we we have our winner and we know everything, how, what do we, what do we think? What's what do we want to do? do you want to do a full top six? Because I think the Divine yeah. Lady should. should yes. Yeah. Let's include it. Let's include it. Right. Yeah. So you want to start at the bottom again? Yes. Um, I... Which for me would be the review. Yeah. Review. It would be the review. I, I I think we should discount the Patriot. I think it should be a top five, but we haven't seen yes, the Patriot. Yes, yes. Let's so discount should... the Patriot. There's no way yeah. we can actually tell say anything about that. So yeah. yes, top five. At the bottom, the review, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, absolutely, I would agree. I think um, then it will maybe be a di- bit different for the two of us. I feel yeah, like we I have think slightly is, different I think we're going to split system. slightly. So right above um, the review, I think for me... It'll be either the Broadway Melody or Alibi. I get that. I get that. And out of the two, I think... I think the Broadway Melody was slightly more impressive. So I think Alibi is taking fourth place for me. Okay. Okay. For me, fourth place would be The Divine Lady. But again, very much a subjective thing. I, It's a good movie. I just didn't enjoy it yeah, that much. Yeah, that's, so. that's absolutely fair. Um, yeah, no, again, then for three. me, my third is the Broadway Melody. I think for me, it depends what we're judging on a little bit because mm-hmm. I enjoyed the alibi greatly, but not for the reasons that they intended. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, th- okay, that's that's very fair, actually. Yeah. Um, but I think if we're going pure on how much we enjoyed watching it, I have to put the Broadway melody on third as well. Free and then the alibi on second because yeah. I just had a lot of fun watching it and mm. laughing at every fall um yeah yeah that makes sense yeah my number two is the divine lady i think the, so we've just switched divine lady and uh, an alibi around our second and fourths because yeah, number one obviously is arizona arizona you know, yeah in old arizona yeah it was really good That's one that, again you know if i i don't say i like compared to last week where we were like I would recommend Wings to someone. I don't think I would necessarily recommend any. No, no, no. Of these it's movies, it's it's if none I of them was are. Gonna, you know, recommend one. It would be in old Arizona, but absolutely, eh, none I of agree. these are really are really like okay. No, listen, none of these are Wings, this. but what is Wings? You know, like no, no, <laughs> <laughs> what's ever going to live up to that? Um, true, true. But yeah, no. If I had to pick one, old Arizona definitely gets the recommendation. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Um, that was our Academy Awards this year. Yeah. Yeah. You have any closing words? No. Um, have a good month, everyone. Yeah. Have a good month. You know, uh, next month, new episode. Next month, new episode. Uh, every we'd, uh... last day of the month. I don't think we ever actually said that. I don't think point, we did. But... No. Uh, every every last day of the month, we will we will we will upload our uh, yeah our lovely little show. Um, so yeah, as always, we'd like to thank our wives and the academy. Obviously. And we'll see you next year in 1930 again. Uh, Oh. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's very exciting. Okay. Hype. I'm curious. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you for listening to episode two of I'd Like to Thank My Wife. New episodes are out every last day of the month. If you're looking for something to watch this month, Tycho recommends Emperor's New Groove, the best Disney movie he had somehow not seen until this month. I recommend Project Iceman, a documentary that can be described in one word. Inspiring. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our show, and we'll see you next month. <laughs>